Cougs house. All right, so have you heard from the coaches this week? <laughs> Guess what? We have... Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater came to step by, be sure to hit subscribe and download the podcast each day for the latest on the Cougs all year long. If you're subscribed, our show should pop up in your feed each day, so you can be sure to make Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. Okay, so you know the drill at this point on Tuesday Football team made some media availability out there. They put it out for all of us to see on social media and on YouTube on Tuesday. So on Wednesday, we're kind of recapping it and breaking down the lines. That said, there was one specific line from Coach Holgerson that carries a little bit of weight. And so in our first segment, we're going to hear from Coach Belk and what the defense looks like. Our second segment, we're going to get into what Coach Holgerson said this week and what kind of things Holgerson's looking forward to. And also, in our third segment, we're going to get into the Big 12 TV deal because Holgerson did allude to it in kind of a snide way, maybe, in the second. So we'll talk about that in the second segment and then talk about the deal itself in the third segment. Now, I again, we'll recommend that Locked on Big 12 is covering that stuff very well all week long, but we got to talk about how it addresses the Cougs a little bit at the third segment today. But first, we're talking about what Coach Doug Belk had to say in his availability. Now, Belk, you'll remember, is the associate head coach and defensive coordinator, and he has his hands full this week. In past episodes, we've alluded to the PFF stats, the analytics they have to kind of rank and grade out various skills and things that happen on the football field. We remember that like in the high 60s, low 70s is very good for the American Conference. The SMU offense has only graded below 60 in any category once this season that was in the Cincinnati game in that game if you were paying attention remember that a SMU kind of stalled themselves in the red zone and scoring position early in the game and b that Tanner Mordecai did get hit in the head and taken out of that game in the third quarter for backup Preston Stone so it makes sense that that would be their worst offensive game of the year outside of that their offense has been excellent across the board their pass offense is very very strong they really really like to air it out and they've moved on from coach Sonny Dykes however it doesn't feel like much has necessarily changed in their offense that's because obviously they kept their offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley and while it's more his show and thus more like I guess authentically what he wants it's definitely a very very similar looking offense and if you were to ask coach Doug Belk again our coach Doug Belk what the reasoning behind that is it's because it's a all run by Tanner Mordecai he has the competitive drive and passion that is very evident on film and on the field Belk took extra moments to praise that in availability this week clearly a very very impressive guy to coach he he also I should say pointed out that all of that competitive drive and passion is the kind of thing that leads to Mordecai letting it rip on fourth down, just taking somewhat of a gamble at various times and letting the ball fly, and that the defense needs to take advantage of that. They have a big, strong receiver. I'm talking like 6'3", 215, 
type of receiver that is fourth overall in targets this season in all of college football in Rashid Rice. As Coach Belk said, he's one of the most premier wide receivers in the country. Now, Belk did not try to spill the tea into us all how he wants to go about covering Rasheed Rice or how he wants to go about getting after Tanner Mordecai. But it was very, very obvious that those two guys who grade out very well again on pro football focus and have a great offense that grades out very strongly on pro football focus were the guys that Coach Belk was paying the most attention to this week in practice. Coach Belk didn't act like it's going to be easy to get after these guys. I mean, Rasheed Rice is a big, strong receiver, so you can't necessarily just press him up and lock him down. But he's also fast, and so you got to make sure you kind of have like an under-over or some form of a bracket-type coverage on the guy. And frankly, even when you've got him double-teamed this season, SMU is looking like the kind of team that's going to flip it up top and just go to him anyway. And I don't say that to say like, oh man, we have no chance. I think we got a pretty good chance, frankly. But there would be a play where like Dante Wynn and Tabuaniki are both covering him at the same time and they all three leap for the ball and somehow Rasheed Rice comes down with it at the end of the day he's just a pro wideout that's just kind of the way that goes he's not the same kind of pro wideout as our guy Tank Dell is right so obviously that feels a little bit different but he is a pro wideout nonetheless and no matter what kind of guys we have out there he will be a threat to get the ball even when we have him well covered so look out for the Cougs and make sure they cover him up and Doug Belk was definitely concerned with how that looked in media availability on Tuesday. The other thing I think it's interesting pointing out and like you think a way to shut down the pass would be to put Sac Avenue on their offensive line, really to put on the pressure with the big fellows up front, right? De'Anthony Jones, Dot Nwankwo, uh, Latrell Bankston, Nelson Sees, the big four defensive linemen, even their backups, Elias Bell, Jamichael Neal, right? Guys that get after the quarterback. They've been the bedrock of the defense all year long up front. And you'd think like that should be something that coach feels like he can hang his hat on. And it's not that he's not trusting his guys, but he did take a moment to point out in media availability that the SMU offensive line is big and long and strong, and they know they're going to pass the ball a lot, so they're going to be ready, and they are very, very much built for pass setting. It's not quite as like dramatic as the like Cliff Kingsbury old, early 2000s Texas Tech teams, but it is that type of an offensive line in a lot of ways, and I think that Houston's speed, especially a guy like Nelson Caesar, can get after it a little bit. I think we all see Nelson Caesar shine after, you know, bluntly what felt kind of like a down week from him last week. I don't know is the kind of game that Dot Nwanko has his kind of best. He had, a, like, I thought a season best game last week at nose tackle. I don't know that the nose tackle gets as involved in the pass rush this week. And so I would look for more of like the plays that we hear called out on the defense, especially after hearing Bell talk about his thoughts on their offensive line. I feel like I'm going to hear a lot more about Nelson Caesar this week than I am Dot Nwanko. All that to say that like Coach Belk points out, much like this game went a year ago, this is a very talented offense and the job will be difficult. And speaking of difficult jobs, these days every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You need to be 100% certain that you have the best access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Now, I don't want to get rid of Coach Belk anytime soon. I love the culture he's built on the defensive line, but 
theoretically, if you're looking to replace anybody at your business, you can simply add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates and that have just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hires. So why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Earlier in the week, we got to hear from head coach Dana Holgerson and his media availability. He talked some about SMU and some about last week's game a big win, I should say, over South Florida. I think it was interesting to hear him praise Thabo Wanike because I felt like I gave him a help sticker on Monday for the same kind of performance. And so it's funny that Holgerson is saying and seeing a lot of the same kind of things. He also gave a little bit of an injury update, but it was fairly minimal. The only guy it doesn't sound like he's very confident in right now is Jamari Caldwell coming back, the big defensive tackle, Jamari Caldwell. Now, Again, that could hurt us because we just talked about on defense how much the defense line may have like a tall task in front of them, no pun intended, although the SMU offensive line is fairly tall. Now, he has been he mentioned in this interview, he's been said for a while that he is not trying to look into the future. His like quote or his like mantra thus far has been that that's not fair. Like looking to the 2023, 2024, 2025 seasons is not fair to the 2022 team he has in front of him. So he's not trying to look at the fact that this might be the last SMU game for a while, but he did look backwards and talk some about how like this is the first time he's heading up I-45 to SMU as a Houston Cougar since his first time through Houston, right? There was the COVID year. There was the like hurricane year. Like Things have just not worked out where he's gotten to go up 45 in a while. They came to us last year, but they hadn't gotten to go up 45 in a while. And so that's like kind of bringing back some memories from that first run and Case Keenum and all those kinds of things. Coach Holgerson also had crazy high praise for Tanner Mordecai, which is interesting because no one has necessarily pointed out a bunch of things he does really, really well. It's not like they say, oh, he throws a great deep corner ball or like, oh, he does a great job reading the defense or, oh, Tanner Mordecai does a great job of hitting the out route in the far side of the field or nothing quite like that. The deal has always been this like mantra or like vibe that Tanner Mordecai is just a gamer. And frankly, that kind of worries me because that's the kind of vibe I got when we played like backup quarterback Kai Orton of Tulane like he didn't necessarily do a whole lot of things well he just competed and fought to win reps and frankly when your quarterback's doing that that can be infectious and we saw it did to Tulane and I this just has me a, a little bit worried the other thing I think that's interesting is that Holgerson and pointing out that like Mordecai is this gamer pointing out that he's a gamer with a tool in Rasheed Rice, and he called Rasheed Rice one of the best wide receivers in the NCAA. I think it's interesting that Holgerson and Belk both point out that a year ago, Rice was kind of the third guy on the depth chart, and then those other two guys went to the NFL. Like he, That is not a knock on him from a year ago. That's just how good their wide receiver room was, and so that's kind of where Rasheed Rice currently is. The other thing I think is interesting to point out about that is as we look at Rasheed Rice, he is built like a pro in a way that's different than the way our wide receiver tank does but like a pro. And Holgerson was quick to point out like they have their guy, we have our guy, and we're both been looking for our guys. Rasheed Rice gets a lot more targets in their offense, again, fourth most targets in the NCAA. And so Holgerson is obviously also echoing the same kind of like we've got to make sure we know where he is at all 
times. Now, in looking at things that he can do on his side of the ball to get better, on his side, I mean, Holgerson being the offense guy, his side of the ball to get better, as he mentioned, he was not satisfied in the South Florida game with those short yarded situations. He talked a lot about pad level and execution and thought that that was like simultaneously all working together, right? That pad level is a part of execution, much like execution is a part of pad level. And like, Frankly, all of that makes sense, right? We've seen this offensive stuff inside the goal line. I mean, even like the Memphis comeback kind of takes away how much the offense had stalled both at the end of the half and in the third quarter at the goal line or inside the red zone, those kind of things, because the offense was unable to like push the line forward, not in the moments where you need like 25 yards, but in the moments where you need like six inches or two yards or whatever they weren't quite able to get that done and I think it's interesting that Holgerson is still holding on to that that feels fairly positive and I say that's a guy that's been fairly negative on Holgerson as a whole not because he's not a, a good coach or a big 12 quality coach he came to us from big 12 right but because I think that like my my trepidations were more about like can a team with a guy that has such like a laid-back laissez-faire attitude not that he's not like harsh on things but he's kind of like that eh, what happens happens I'm not in charge of that da, da, da. can you have a team that like gets it done at the goal line or gets it done in fourth and one would be my criticism and he's pointing that out as well and I think it's interesting to hear him phrase it as execution and pad level working together he also thinks that there's some level of mentality there right like at some point you just have to say hey I want that six inches more than the defense wants that six inches. And that is, is like part of how you play the football game. It comes a test of wills in all of the most cliche kind of ways. But the, it really does come down to that. At some point, football is about wanting that six inches. And then he talked a little bit about scheme. And I thought it was interesting. He only talked a little bit about scheme on those short yard situations because that's the part that is the most to do with him and his staff. Now, I think we all safely assume that he took over play calling at some point, either in the fourth quarter of the Memphis game or in the bye week or something since, because the offenses looked like they aired out a little bit more since that time period. And frankly, that's kind of more what Holgerson is known for. But he's certainly not owning this idea of the scheme in those short yard situations right now. And I think that that is interesting. But that was not the most interesting thing from the presser. Frankly, I'd argue that I, as a coach, I'm the one paying the most attention to that idea about how you get short yardage yards and those kinds of things. The thing that's the big headline from this, and shout out to, I think it was Andy Yanez who actually asked this question the other day in the presser, but people asked him about what he thought of the new Big 12 TV deal. We'll talk more about this deal and what it pertains to Houston in the third segment because coach kind of slipped us into it. But Coach said, quote, it's exactly what we signed up for, <laughs> right? Like, like, this is the big TV money deal that Houston wanted when they went to a bigger Power 5 conference. Now, Coach did try to not focus on the future because it's not fair to this team. He said that another time in this part of the conversation. But he admitted that it does take finances to change the program in the way that they want to change the program. Again, this is a guy that comes from West Virginia. And it's whatever you think of West Virginia, that was a big 12 program. He was there for seven years. He also had a year at Oklahoma State as a as a quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator. He had a year, a couple years at Texas Tech as well. He understands what it's like to be on campus at one of these big programs and has seen the kind of advantages that they have financially up close and in person. And he is pointing out that that is going to be required to make the kinds of changes they're going to want to make with him in Houston. Now, I am not a gambler necessarily, but if I were to put money on something, 
I would bet that there was some sort of whispering when Coach signed with Houston in 2019 that they'd be heading to a Power 5 conference because this is not the first time that Holgerson has mentioned that the financial side of this has to change. Now, U of H has had the infusion of Fertitta money lately. The money has been coming, and frankly, we've seen the differences on campus in the facilities. TDECU Stadium is a fantastic stadium for what it is. However, when comparing it to things across the Big 12, but like TCU just put a big renovation in 2019 on Amanji Carter Stadium, right? Jones ATT Stadium in Lubbock, just when it underwent its own whole new renovation in 2021, right? McLean Stadium was brand new in 2012 in Waco, and they've already put in brand new locker rooms and video boards and all kinds of stuff. Like in the Big 12, while TDECU is a great place to play, having not done a whole lot of things to it outside of adding some like seat backs in 2017, I guess they have plans to do it in the future. It just feels like that already is behind the eight ball, even though the stadium's not 10 years old. And I know that's crazy to think about like where the Houston football program has been, but if we're going to join the Power 5 conferences, that's got to be where we're going. And I love, frankly, that Holgerson recognizes that. And if I were to be a betting man, I bet he does not take this job if he didn't have some sort of a way to understand that going in. Speaking of being a betting man, betonline.net is your number one source for betting, football, and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easy way to check in on all your favorites games, events, including Major League Baseball. The Astros in the World Series right now. We're not going to talk about Game 3, but they are in the World Series right now. The MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website to play today or use a mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Right now, they got the Ponies as favorites by two and a half points this weekend. I'm taking the Cougs. You guys know that. I've said that a couple times this week. They also have the over-under set at 66. And frankly, I'm heading the over in that too. I think both teams have receivers that just make it impossible to cover them. So I'm hitting the over on that one. All right. In our third and final segment here, we are going to talk about that ESPN and Fox TV deal. Now, I have to say that one of the most interesting things about this Big 12 media deal is that it felt kind of like a surprise. I know we weren't in the Big 12 a year ago, but think about the Big 12 a year ago. It was worried about the health of the conference and like who would even be there. They were already functioning with just 10 teams in the Big 12, as silly as that sounds, and they just found out they were going to be losing Oklahoma and Texas. They had a brand new commissioner. Would teams want to come to the conference because Texas and Oklahoma were taking some money you'd think with them? Would they have to combine with the Pac-12 conference? Those conversations really did happen, and suddenly... A year later, in 2022, a giant TV contract gets announced right before the college football rankings. Do we think that's a coincidence? I I don't. The 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 announcement was on October 30th. The rankings came out November 1st. We we think so. Maybe maybe not. I'm I'm leaning towards a little bit of yes. Anyway, it certainly feels like it stabilized the future of the conference. The deal itself is a six-year deal with both ESPN and Fox. 
ESPN will get the football and basketball or men's basketball college championship games or the conference championship games, I should say. The deal itself is worth over $2.28 billion. Fox will get about half of the regular season football games and a bunch of national televised basketball games as well. Uh, there are two years left on the current deal. That means that this six-year deal will go through the 2030 and 31 school year. And I think it's interesting to think about because that does a great job for placement for the Big 12, which Houston will be in certainly very quickly on this TV deal because that is A, we're renewing before the ACC and all the other conferences are renewing their big time deals. We're not, I mean, the SEC is coming, so theirs will be another monstrosity of a deal, right? But we're coming in before the ACC has done theirs. But with just six years, that is long enough from now that we can feel safe and secure and like until 2031, our contract is set. And also, in 2031, that is still before the current ACC deal is up. So Houston, or the Big 12, I should say, will have completely renegotiated their deal a whole second time before the ACC has even gotten to re-up theirs. And I can tell you by looking at the way all these graphs trend, that means that we will sign for more money in 2030 and 31, or in the summer of 2031, I should say, than the ACC signed for many, many moons ago at this point. And at this point, it feels like the ACC deal or those other deals from before that are continuing to lose money. It feels fairly confident. I feel fairly confident, I should say, in looking at this deal and the timing and the dollar amount of it that for the foreseeable future, Houston and thus the Big 12 will be in the third largest conference just on monies and dollars for a long, long time. And that feels really, really good because frankly, going from the group of five to the power five and not just into any power five, but in the top half of the power five, or rounding up anyway, the top half of the power five feels fairly significant. That's especially significant when you look at the kind of success that Houston has had in the group of five, functioning with the group of five budget. So let's break down the dollars and cents here. $2.28 billion means that you're looking at about, you know, $35 million a year alone on just the TV deals coming to Houston. Now, for reference, that's a big deal for all of the Big 12 schools, right? Like last year, the Big 12 and putting all of the money together from conference championships and championship games and college football playoffs and all those kinds of things, not just the TV deal, sent out roughly $40 million. So all Big 12 schools are getting a bump, even though they're adding to essentially two schools, right? You're losing two, gaining four. So Houston is like obviously seeing like this normal jump that the rest of the Big 12 schools are getting. But when you look at the kind of production Houston has gotten with the previous income, that really feels like it takes on a whole new dimension. Now, numbers were down a little bit in 2021 because of COVID and the pandemic the year before and those kinds of things. But Houston in the AAC only got like 2.84 million. We're multiplying that literally tenfold, right? Just on TV money alone, Houston will be doing more than multiplying that tenfold in joining the Big 12 based on this new deal. That's before anyone makes college football playoff. That's before Kelvin Sampson goes back to back to back to back in the championship games and Final Fours, right? That's before all of those things come Houston's way. Just signing up for this TV deal is huge for the U of H financially. That kind of huge financial benefit for Houston will lead to expansions and renovations of facilities. That will lead to a lot more weight room building, locker room renovations. Uh, you'll see like new practice facilities on campus. You'll see, frankly, the kind of thing where like 
a lot of Houston's practices, if you're watching the social media team, like are happening in one of two gyms. There'll be multiple options. You'll see bubbles to practice in for the football team. You'll probably see a whole new stadium addition for fans and alumni to sit in and spend a lot more money on sodas and beers and so on, right? All of those kinds of things will be coming. The other thing that happens in a program that prides itself on having so many kids in their backyard, the exposure for those athletes will be tremendous. The exposure you can give those kids and athletes with that kind of a budget is so much bigger than what Houston is currently doing. And what Houston's currently doing is maximizing the dollars they've got. Houston NIL is doing a great, great job, right? Galen Robinson's doing a great job with that. That's a fun, fun project. You should go subscribe and do all the fun things with that. It's a great, great project for the Cougs. If you look at like Ryan Elvett is getting his own t-shirts and and sweatshirts and kind of stuff made. There was just, a, I forget the restaurant on top of my head, but we just had a bunch of basketball players sign with some restaurant in town. Like they're doing the best they can currently, but the exposure for the athletes with this type of money will lead to so many more bigger deals down the line. And that's going to, again, entice the kids in Houston to stay in Houston and play for the Cougs. And we all know that those are where the best athletes in the Big 12 are already coming from, right? The best athletes across the conference are already coming from in and around Houston. And so if Houston keep them there, suddenly you're becoming the team that's not just in the Big 12, but is winning the Big 12 as a whole other financial conversation and that really continues to snowball and get rolling and we'll be here on lockdown cougs talking about it rolling the whole time make sure you download subscribe so you get us every single day in your podcast feed you can find me on twitter instagram to talk cougs or houston rockets houston astros although as we're recording this it is game three of the world series and we're not talking a whole lot of houston astros right now <laughs> uh, we can talk about a lot of things i don't want to talk about the texans and african football but we can talk about a lot of things including sneakers and so on on twitter i'm at painsworth 512 p-a-i-n-s-w-o-r-t-h 512 on Twitter and Instagram. I love talking all things season sports. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network here at Locked On Cougs. We are your team every day. Go Cougs!